What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Twilight Nine podcast. This is episode 55. I'm your host, Riley. This week, we got a bunch to go over. The BMW Championship did not disappoint. Patrick Cantlay wins for the fifth time on the PGA Tour in probably the best golf tournament of the entire season. We've had some beauties. We had Jay Spieth and Colin Morikawa at the Open. We had the Travelers Championship with Harry English. We had Louis Ustazen and John Rahm down the stretch. We've had some fantastic golf this season, and I think this was the best tournament of the year. It was outrageous. It was high-level golf that we don't really see that often. And for a guy to be rolling it like Patrick Cantlay rolled it this week, he made 537 feet of putts. And Bryson DeChambeau was hitting every single fairway, 330, 340, down the middle of every single fairway, it seemed like, watching that golf tournament. And they were just locked in. It was in, it was laughable how good that golf was this weekend. So we're going to preview everything because we have a lot to get to, including what happened with Bryson after the golf tournament, which I thought, um, you guys know that I'm not Bryson's biggest fan. And it's just getting outrageous what's happened to him on the golf course. And a lot of it is honestly supportive. Like a lot of people that were on the ground, the TV, the TV people were saying a lot of people out there were really rooting for Bryson to win and rooting him on and whatever, wanted to see him. But the scumbag off of the 18th green. We'll get to that later. Just a really bad look for that guy and everybody really just pushing that Brooks Bryson thing, whatever. We'll get to that later. But I cannot wait to talk about the BNW because it was sick. Rory was in the mix. So we'll talk about Rory in a little bit. We're going to preview the tour championship, which is one of my favorite tournaments of the year. I love it. I know it's only 30 guys. I know the structure is kind of funny, which we'll go over later. If you guys, I'm sure if you're listening to the show, you know how the tour championship works, but we're going to go over everything, positioning, how much money each guy wins. It's crazy. But this golf course, I love Eastlake. It's fantastic. The greens are fast. The greens are tough to read. I would say it's going to be firm. I don't think that is going to be the case. They are getting a lot of rain. It is storming. The media center at East East Lake today was like filling up with water. That's how much it's raining down there. So the course is going to be really soft, which brings in Roy McIlroy, Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, John Rahm, all these long hitters to dominate when it just comes to carry distance, which we'll also talk about later. But I love the Tour Championship. A lot of my favorite players also love this golf course, so I'm really looking forward to hopefully seeing one of them come from behind and win this thing, hopefully, fingers crossed, but we'll see. Um, Betting it is always a little difficult just because... I mean, the odds are just ridiculous for the guys at the top. And for somebody to come six, seven strokes back is just really difficult to do. So I I don't know how it's going to go this week, but I'm very excited to jump into it. But before we get into that, some notes, some headlines before we get into the show. Um, I have an update finally. (laughs) I've been, um, I don't want to say teasing this, but I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. And finally, um, I had my first day today. So as of... Today, I started my new position. I am a full-time golf reporter for Golf Week. Very exciting. Um, After a year of just writing, I was working for Golficity, or I wrote for Eric Lang's Random Golf Club. I ended up being an editor at Golficity. But after a year of doing that kind of stuff, after over a year of doing this podcast and getting out to you guys on a weekly basis, doing all the social and all that kind of stuff after all of that, Went through the process, and I was hired as a full-time golf reporter for Golf Week. Now, what does that mean? 
The betting articles for the time being until we get it figured out will still be going up on Twilight 9. We still got to figure out how we're going to do the betting articles and how they're going to be set up and all of that kind of stuff. But all my picks and everything are still going to go out on a weekly basis. We just got to figure out how and where they're going to go out. So for the meantime, that is going to stay on twilight9.com until that eventually goes over to Golf Week because those betting articles will go to Golf Week. Format-wise, they're going to stay the exact same, but those will go on Golf Week. The podcast is not going to be changing at all. It is going to be going out every Tuesday morning still. The only thing that's going to be able to change is Golf Week. It is one of the biggest golf publications, golf media outlets in the entire world, top five golf outlet in the entire world. So what does that mean? We're going to be able to get pretty fucking cool people on this show coming up. It is going to be very exciting. I'm going to be able to do a lot more interviews, and it's going to be fun, hopefully, to get some interaction. I'm going to be going to some tournaments every once in a while during the season next season. So very excited about that. Hopefully get some player interaction for you guys. But very excited just to get interviews back back on the podcast. It's going to be very, very fun, hopefully, being able to talk to some, to talk some, uh, to some pretty cool people within the golf world. So very, very excited about that. And then we might transition to doing a show twice a week. I'm going to have to look into that and see if that works with the schedule and see if... We have enough, uh, I don't want to say enough content to put out twice a week because I know we could always do twice a week, but see if that fits and see if that what we want to do. But the podcast is not going to be changing at all. It's going to be fucking awesome to have all these, all these awesome people on it. But that is what's happening. So I am now a full-time reporter for Golf Week. My betting stuff and all my other articles are going to be going through them now, going to be going through Golf Week. And then the podcast is also, I think, going to have its own like page on Golf Week at some point also. And um, yeah, I'm very excited. So you guys should be excited too because this means that the guests and the content on the podcast are only going to get better, and it's very exciting. So be on the lookout for that. Obviously, when anything comes up, I'll give you guys um, heads up. But I'm pumped. It's going to be really cool. And then uh, headlines-wise, the Ryder Cup, the first six are absolutely locked in. Patrick Cantlay took it away from Finau after he won the BMW Championship. But as it stands right now, before Steve makes his captain's picks, which I think are due next Wednesday, I believe. It's coming up. It's within uh, the next week, week and a half, I believe. He's got to make his picks. But the six that are on the team... Uh, due to qualification, Kyle Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Patrick Cantlay. Um, the win, the picks, um, I think we're going to talk about it a little on the show next week just because we don't have an event to cover. There's a gap there. So we're going to talk about the Ryder Cup um, and who's going to make the team. But, I mean, Spieth seems like a obvious option. Finau is going to be right there. Webb can play with anybody. So there's just so many guys. Scotty Scheffler could make the team. Sam Burns could make the team the way that he's playing golf right now. But our team is going to be stacked. The European team is also going to be stacked. It's going to be a tough Ryder Cup at Whistling this year. But, again, we're going to get more into the Ryder Cup next week on the show. Speaking of that, the Solheim, the Solheim Cup excuse me, is actually this week, so watch that to support the U.S. ladies. I'm sure it's going to be on Golf Channel at some point during the week, so go ahead and watch that. Their team is absolutely stacked, and I cannot wait to watch the Quarter Sisters. It's going to be really fun. But with all that out of the way, with the Golf Week news, all of that out of the way, let's jump into the BMW Championship. Patrick Cantlay, as you guys know, got the win after six playoff holes. It lasted forever. This has been the season of the playoff. It seems like Everything has gone to playoffs. It's kind of ridiculous. Kids was just one in a playoff a couple weeks ago. Patrick Cantlay now. Harris English at the Travelers Championship. Seems like every other golf tournament was going to a playoff recently, and it's sick, to be completely honest. That's the best time of golf. I love that. 
regulation. Patrick Cantlay, it seemed like it was over after 17. He was down a stroke already, and then he puts his tee ball in the water. And Bryson hit like an okay tee shot. He was in like the intermediate rough right in front of the green. Cantlay had to take a drop to 100 yards, hit a wedge to 8 feet. Bryson then flubs his chip to about 12, I think, misses the putt. Patrick makes his, so they both make bogey, so the lead is still one. They go to 18, and Patrick Cantlay makes a 22-foot putt to force a playoff. And the way that man was putting was absolutely absurd. And Justin Ray had like a bunch of tweets on Twitter, (laughs) tweets on Twitter, very redundant, but he had a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to pull up a couple because they are ridiculous how well that man was putting. I think at the top of the show, he hit, I I believe, 537 feet of putts this week. And he also tweeted, the tour make percentage this season on putts from 10 to 10 to 20 feet is 25.6%. Patrick Cantlay made 61 of those, um, 61% of those putts in that range this week, 14 of 23 outrageous and I don't even like on TV when he was legitimately within 40 feet this week you thought it was going to go in that's how locked in he was on the greens and for him to make that 22 footer to get into a playoff was absolutely absurd and the playoff was absolutely absurd fifth playoff hole DeChambeau's tee shot the fifth playoff hole was 17 so the par three hits it to six feet and it's not like an easy hole. The pin's on the right side of the green. The water's right there. Can't like put it in the water in regulation. Has to come up with a response. And he hits it to two feet. One more trip up 18. Cantley puts it to 17 feet. DeChambeau puts it to eight feet. Cantley buries it. DeChambeau's putter went ice cold at the end of the day. Didn't. Cantlay wins. It was some ice cold golf from Patrick Cantlay. They were calling him Patty Ice, which I don't hate to be completely honest. I actually kind of fuck with that nickname. I'm probably going to call him that now. But it is insane because anybody else on the planet, he's acting like he just took down Goliath in that moment, right? Because it kind of was. Every time, and Patrick Cantlay said this after the round, every time they were in the fairway, Cantlay was 30 yards behind Bryson and they just had to stick to his game plan and just do what he was good at. And that's iron play, just being a good ball striker and just absolutely rolling the rock. And it's exactly what he did. And he just stayed cool, calm and collected the entire time. He was given a little bit of like hat tips to when people were clapping for him, but he was staying ice cold and the entire playoff and pretty much half of the round was ice cold between those two. Because I forget what hole it was, but Bryson was about to hit. Cantley's walking in the background. Bryson told him to stop walking. And then on that very green, Patrick Cantley like walks in like a 25-footer for birdie. There was just no love loss between those two boys yesterday. The handshake after it was over was very, very quick. I don't know if something else happened in that group, but it was... It was um, I get in the playoff, you don't usually see guys like messing with each other. But I mean, even when it comes down to it, sometimes on a Sunday, like guys still talk to each other. They were ice cold to each other. So I don't know. But we had a question come in from um, one of our followers on TikTok and they asked, do you think Patrick Cantlay 
is the best player in the world without a major. And when somebody asks me that question, I usually just go right to Xander. Xander's usually my answer. Um, I under, And I've said it, I've used this argument even against Xander. He doesn't have like a huge win. I know he won the tour championship back in 2017, but again, that's like a 30-man field. He's won a WGC, but it's like the smallest one. He just doesn't didn't have a gigantic win. Even like he didn't even have like really like a moderate win. And then he goes and wins the gold medal in Tokyo. And that narrative kind of changes. I know it's a smaller field. The the talent in the field isn't as deep as it is on the PGA Tour at the Olympics. But still, like winning a gold medal is pretty fucking cool. But when you look at Patrick Cantlay's resume, he's won the Zozo, which arguably was the most loaded field or top six or seven loaded field this season on tour, right? It was sick. He win, He's won the Memorial twice, granted, John Rom won it, but Patrick Cantlay, you know, slipped in and, and took the trophy, I guess, was in a position to do that. He's won some big, big tournaments and now a playoff event. So four of his five wins are the memorial at Jack's place, a playoff event, and the Zozo, which is was a loaded field. So I don't know. It's To me, it's between those two. It's not Ricky. I know everybody brings up Ricky. It's not Ricky. It's not Tony. Just won for the second time. There's some older guys that have not won majors, but like I think Patrick Cantlay, like you bring up Lee Westwood, those kind of boys that not win majors. I just think it's it's got... It's, the discussion is Xander and Patrick, who it's funny because they're like best friends, but those are my two guys when I think of the best players in the world to to not win a major. Those are the two guys to come to mind with me. I don't know which one is ahead, but those are my two guys. But Bryson, you guys know I'm not his biggest fan. I, I rag on him pretty much every time on the show, but the dude had it going on this week. He shot 60 on Friday. It should have been, should have been 59. I hit probably his worst putt of the round on 18, which I get. It's a lot of pressure. 59 is what all those guys are out there. Like they're already professional golfers. You want to shoot the lowest score possible. And 59 is a really solid club to get into. So when you get there, that's when you start feeling the pressure. And he hit a bad putt. He was driving the snot out of the golf ball. He was literally 330 yards down the middle of every single fairway. It feel like it was absolutely ridiculous. His power was overwhelming that golf course. You just look at 18 on Sunday. It's a 360 yard hole, I think. And he hit it 350 yards into the greenside bunker ridiculous just really couldn't get the putter going down the stretch and it cost him he couldn't make anything he seemingly had a birdie putt inside Cantley on every single playoff hole and he just couldn't get it going at all even gave a little club twirl which I actually tweeted about he's a big goofy guy but that thing was actually cold like right off the club he knew it was good watched it for a second and gave it like a Tiger Woods President's Cup type club twirl I fuck with that he's big and goofy but I fuck with that but after the tournament, he lost, loses in a playoff, and he walks up past the green, and he's walking away, and one of the fans yells, or attaboy Brooksy, or something along those lines. He turns around, and he said, you know, get the fuck out of here, whatever. First of all, that fan is a pussy. If you're going to wait until a man walks away and you're screaming that at his back, one, you're a coward, right? Two, you're afraid he's going to do something. And three, when he does do something, I'm sure the dude like ran away like a little bitch. You, you, 
There's a whole lot of things different between golf and another major sport. And I know these guys are supposed to be able to take trash talk, whatever. The guy just lost a six-hole playoff, and you're going to go to that. The difference between golf and all these major sports, and this is what everybody was really talking about, was when you go to a football game and you're like trash talking the other team, they can't hear they can't hear shit. They can't pick you out. They know everybody when you're at an away game. They know everybody there hates you. But they can't hear shit. They can't pick it out. In golf, you're standing 10 feet away from golfers sometimes. You're standing five feet away from these guys sometimes. They can hear everything you're saying, especially if you capitalize on a position where maybe it's a quiet at that moment because golf, you know, is quiet the majority of the time. And you can also maneuver your way into different spots in the golf course where after their round, you can be 10, 20 feet away from these guys. And that's exactly what this guy did. And it's just a really scummy move. Like you guys know, I'm not, I, I'm not a big Bryson guy. I think he gets in his way a lot. He stumbles on his own feet. He trips over himself a lot. This is just a scumbag move by that fan. And I don't know if they did anything about it, but I felt bad for him, man. He fought all fucking day long and to hear that insult. And especially just because it's all like fun and games for the first couple of weeks. It was like funny, but now it's kind of just like you're behind the curve if you're still doing the Brooksy thing. And that's coming from a guy that is like, he's my least favorite player on tour. That shit's get old and it's, it's annoying to listen to still, but it sucks for Bryson. It sucks. So can't lay is now first in the FedEx upstandings. Bryson is at third. Um, I think Tony's second. Definitely mixing it up. Colin Morikawa has dropped way down since the playoff starts. He has sucked. Um, Spieth has been tumbling down the leaderboard too. It's going to be interesting to see. Roy held his own this week. He drove the ball really well, actually, for the majority of the week. Had he, he had his moments where he didn't, but for the most part, he drove it really well. A Friday 70 killed him. To keep up with everybody, you had to shoot five under every single day just to be in the conversation, and that put you at 20 under. So what, you're not even in the t- You might be in the top five. The winners were 27, 28 under par. You had to shoot. In 70, you just couldn't really get back into it unless you shot 60 one of the days. But the other three days, he shot 64, 65, 67. He played really good golf. Iron play was decent. He rolled his rock. He changed a couple things in his bag. Three wood for obvious reasons. He put it on the highway on nine at Liberty National last week, which I thought was pretty funny. So he took the jet down to Florida and went through his garage, got his old three wood from last season, which obviously worked because on... What is that? 16 on Thursday. He drove it 320 right down the middle of the fairway and put it three wood to, I think it was like, what, 10 feet from 286 yards. Made the eagle putt. It was ridiculous. But that chain's obviously helped. He put a new shaft in his driver to reduce some spin. That seemed to work really well. He's gone back to his draw. It's just been really pretty off the tee the last couple weeks. And then after a short stint with the old flame, the Scotty Cameron, that is out of the bag. And he has put his... Uh, spider X, the gray spider X back in the bag, which I like it a little bit better. It's really hard to hit that thing offline. I should know. I actually have it in the bag. Um, if you're reading putts well with that putter, you're going to hit a lot of really good putts. It's just really, really good. Um, and he rolled it really well. I think he was, um, inside the top 10 this week in strokes and putting. So he rolled it really well. Solo fourth for roars. Sung M was third. And then I don't even know who was fifth. Was it Eric Van Royen? I honestly don't even know. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I forgot who was fifth. Eric Van Royen, who continues to play really fucking good golf. He's on a roll right now. But yeah, the BMW championship was sick. It did not disappoint. It was um, it was pretty damn good. And the golf course was sick. Cave Valley was cool. Um, it gave up a lot of birdies, which 
I think that has a little bit more to do with the conditions than the golf course. Obviously, the golf course gives opportunities to make a lot of birdies. One is only 360. Two is a par five. That is reachable for pretty much everybody. Uh, three is a tricky par three. Four is a par five. Five is a drivable par four. 11 on a couple of the days was a drivable par four. All the par fives are reachable for pretty much everybody in the field. So I... The golf course, yes, the fairways were a little bit wider. The greens were big, but again, that can kind of hurt you because you can have 70-foot putts on those greens. But it was so soft. It was so receptive that these guys are just way too good to play under those conditions. And when the greens are receptive but also roll really true, that is a combination that you're just going to make a lot of birdies and that's what happened. But I actually thought the golf course was sick. The elevation changes were cool. Love being in the trees. I loved all of it. So caves Valley was pretty sick. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up a golf tournament here and there, um, coming up on PJ Thor. I thought it was really good betting wise. I have no idea how we did to be completely honest. I have no clue. Um, I didn't look it up ahead of time, which right now sitting right here, I think that was a mistake. Um, I know we had Rory for a top 20 that obviously hit, um, we had Sam Burns for a top 30, which which hit also. I'm about to do this right now. Who else did we have? I think we had JT for a top 10. That did not hit. Wow, that Burns bet hit really easy. Solo eighth. And then we had, um, let's see, we had, McNe we had uh, McNeely for a top 30, but I don't think he did that. I think he had a rough, he had a rough last day, I think. And then we had Victor Hovland for a top 20, which I don't think hit either. I think he had... Oh, he did. Let's go. We hit that one. So we hit three bets, plus, one uh, plus 115 on Hovland, minus 115 on Burns, and minus 110 on Roars. So we'll take that. Winning week, not by a lot at all, actually. But we're going to take a win. So hopefully we can, we can get the winner, hopefully, at the Tour Championship because top 10s and stuff are just not really worth it at this golf tournament. Uh, it's just really, really hard. There's just no odds there. You got to have somebody come way back uh, to get inside the top 10 for make it you know any sort of value. But let's jump into the Tour Championship. This is it. The last, uh, the last tournament of the season. This season has been ridiculous. We've had a shit ton of majors, crazy good golf, playoffs, seemingly every single week big names winning major championships this season has been one for the books 30 guys 15 million to the winner that must be a really good feeling i know when rory won it last in 2019 after he won he came off and gave his boys the good old the good old johnny manzel money fingers i don't even realize i don't i couldn't even imagine what winning 15 million dollars would feel like It'd be fucking awesome the field. Patrick Cantlay, like I said, beat Bryson. He's your FedEx Cup leader. He'll start the week at 10 under with a two-shot lead over Tony Finau. He was locked in on the greens at Caves Valley. He was making everything all week long. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that two weeks in a row. Um, how this golf course is going to play because of the rain, you're probably going to make have to make a lot of birdies. You're going to have to putt well. He'll need, he'll need that coming home we'll see if patrick he made actually a couple adjustments to his putter he put a sight line on there i think he added a line onto the side of his golf ball so that's a good combination to make a bunch of putts is reading them well and then being able to line well john rom didn't have his best stuff over his last few days at the bmw championship he actually he didn't struggle but 
Uh, compared to everybody else, I guess he struggled a little bit. He's still fourth in the FedEx Cup standings. He finished solo fourth at the Tour Championship last year. So the full FedEx Cup standings with starting positions. So Patrick Cantlay is number one. He's starting at 10 under. Tony Finau is two at eight under. Bryson is starting at seven. John Rahm's at six. Cameron Smith is at five. And then we got a bunch of guys at four. Justin Thomas, Harris English, Abe Answer, Jordan Spieth, Sam Burns. Then we got a bunch of guys at three under. Kal Morikawa, Sungjae, and Victor Havlanui, who stays in, and Dustin Johnson. Bunch of guys at two is Roy McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, Jason Kokrak, and Kevin Na, and Brooks Kepka. Starting at one under is Corey Connors, Hideki Matsuyama, Stuart Sink, Joaquin Neiman, and Scotty Scheffler. And then rounding it out is Daniel Berger, Eric Van Royen, Sergio Garcia, who played his way into the top 30, Billy Horschel, and Patrick Reed, who... I think is playing this week, even though he was hospitalized and then hasn't played in the playoffs. He still made it into the tour championship. So that's guaranteed money for Patrick Reed. That's nice. So all those guys, those last four guys, five guys are starting at even par. The golf course is East Lake Golf Club, par 70, 7,346 yards, and it's going to be Bermuda greens this week. The weather, like I said, they are getting hammered 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 with rain as you guys know the hurricane is obviously down there tuesday is thunderstorms 96 percent chance of rain blowing 16 wednesday showers again 50 percent chance of rain blowing 12 thursday turn it around real quick 84 sunny 10 percent chance of rain blowing eight friday 83 mostly sunny nine percent chance of rain blowing seven saturday 86 mostly sunny nine percent chance of rain blowing six and sunday is 88 degrees partly cloudy nine percent chance of rain and blowing six so you're getting wet soggy conditions because of rain tuesday and wednesday the golf course is going to be really wet all those four days, you're going to get preferred lies probably. You're going to be receptive greens that are probably still going to be in pretty good condition. You're going to see a lot of birdies around East Lake this week, especially when you're not going to get rain from Thursday to Sunday. And at maximum, it's going to blow probably 10 miles an hour. That is a recipe for a lot of birdies. We'll see. It's going to be, It's I think it's going to be another birdie fest. Um, some key stats. So starting with the greens, they're going to be fast. They're going to roll true. These greens are beautiful. They're Bermuda. Some players love it. Some players hate it. They're going to, the grain forces the balls to either break less, break more, slower, faster, depending on which way you're going into the grain. So targeting guys who putt well in Bermuda is going to be important. But like I just mentioned, because of all of the rain, the greens are going to be receptive. The boys are going to go right at flat sticks, especially the first two rounds. Who knows with all the sunshine, it might actually dry out by the weekend. Hopefully, maybe it plays a little bit faster, firmer come the weekend. But those first days are going to be absolute birdie fest. So guys who are striking the ball really well, really gaining a lot of strokes with their approach play, giving themselves a lot of chances at birdie is going to be important. And then the rough is can be a little bit tricky. Those southern courses, the rough can be a little tricky. So driving accuracy, one of the key stats this week is going to be fairways gain. So driving accuracy is going to be another thing to consider. The golf course fit, number one is TPC River Highlands, the home of the Travelers Championship. Number two is TPC Twin Cities, home to the 3M Open. And number three is TPC Deer Run, home to the John Deere Classic, the fifth major. Trending of the players in the field, number one is John Rahm. His last three starts are T3, solo third, and T9. Patrick Cantlay is number two at T23, T11, and win. Number three is Cameron Smith, T5, 
solo second, T34. Percent chance to win, baseline, course history, course fit, all of that sort of stuff. Number one is Patrick Cantlay at 24.4% for obvious reasons. John Rahm, 22.6%, and Bryson DeChambeau rounds out the top three at 10.8%. All of that is obviously for obvious reasons because Patrick Cantlay starts with the lead. Betting odds. John Rahm is at plus 350. Patrick Cantlay is at plus 400. Bryson DeChambeau is at plus 550. Tony Finau is 700. JT is at 1400. Jordan Spieth is at 1800. DJ's at two. Xander's at 25. So is Rory. Cameron Smith is at 28. So is Harris English. So is Abraham Anser. Louis Uzdazen is at 35. Colin Morikawa is at 35. Victor Hovland is at four. Brooks Kepka is at five. You can see how the odds increasingly go down. You don't see Brooks Kepka at plus 5,000 a lot. He was in the final group with Rory a couple years ago. Who knows if he can make a run? He's coming from a long way back there. Who knows? But the odds, if you can pick a winner, if you think somebody's going to shoot 20 under this week and come back and win the golf tournament, you can get some pretty damn good odds on some pretty damn good players. We only have three guys because I didn't really want to talk about any of the favorites. Um, I don't really think it's worth it just because you can't get odds anywhere. Like John Rahm is plus 350. I know that he's right up there. It would probably be a smarter bet to take some of those guys, but it's just no value up there. So especially since after you get past Cantlay, I know it, this is the thing. Like Patrick Cantlay and Tony Finau could tee off on one. Cantlay could bo bogey the first hole. Finau could birdie it. And all of a sudden just were tied at the top. Like it doesn't take that much. A couple years ago, JT, I think shot over par in the opening round and Rory shot what eight under or something ridiculous. And all of a sudden he's just right back into the tournament. So if that leader has a rough day on Thursday, especially with the receptive golf course and somebody from the two under three under section comes all the way up and shoots 64, 65, we all of a sudden have a golf tournament. So that's what can happen. Or can't can go out there and shoot 65 and all of a sudden he's got a three shot lead again. So it's something that happens, but we got three guys. Xander Shoffley is going to be the first guy. He's teeing off at two under. He's eight shots behind Patrick Cantlay, but he absolutely loves this golf course. He won the event as a rookie back in 2017. He finished T7 in 2018, solo second in 2019, tied for second last season, but actually in 2021, last year at the Tour Championship, he actually won the golf tournament. If you take away the FedEx Cup strokes that you get the advantage with, uh, he shot the best score. He was 15 under for the week. The next best was 12 under, and that was Scotty Scheffler. He struggled. He has struggled, honestly, since winning the gold medal in Tokyo. He finished T46 at the WGC FedEx St. Jude. He finished T16 at the Northern Trust. I know that might sound great, whatever, a top 20 in the first playoff event. He shot a 62 on Friday, and I don't think he broke 60 the rest of the week. So it was really one good round. And then T49 at Caves Valley last week in a 70-man field. So Xander has not been feeling it. He's minus 110 for a top 10 finish. He starts T17. That might be something we have to consider. I think he's only one or two shots outside of the top 10, so that's not crazy for him to make up, especially at a good golf course. He's just not been playing well, so we're going to have to kind of bank on his past history at this place. Who knows? I think I kind of like Xander this week, especially for a nice minus 110 top 10 play. The other guy, Dustin Johnson, he might be awakening from his slumber, I think. He has three top 10s in his last five starts. He won the FedEx Cup last season after a monstrous run through the playoffs. You guys remember him winning the Northern Trust by 1,000, almost winning the BMW Championship, and then capitalizing and winning the Tour Championship. He's going to have to fight from behind this time to repeat. He's starting the golf tournament at three under, seven off the lead. 
His putter can run ice cold, but it can also get hot without even a sense of a warning. He is very weird with the plastic. Last week at Caves Valley, DJ was seventh in strokes game putting, and I think he gained nearly the same amount per round the week before at the Northern Trust, even though he missed the cut. So he's been rolling it good two weeks in a row. We'll see if that carries over to Eastlake. We'll see. His driving accuracy has also improved in three straight starts, so hopefully that trend continues at Eastlake. He struggled last year at points with hitting fairways. He's going to need to hit fairways this week if he's going to make a run he's got to make a fuck ton of birdies and then i mentioned earlier with xander shoffley with how much he loves east lake Roy mcelroy loves east lake even more he won in 2016 tied for seventh in 2018 he was fine he was actually in the final group with tiger when tiger won if you remember when everybody stormed the golf course of uh, rory like sprinted away from all of the people he was in the final group he shot 74 the final day not what he was looking for although he did give his um like childhood hero a chance to win a golf tournament for the first time in forever so i guess maybe that was a gift he won again in 2019 and then he tied for eighth in 2020 again like he opened with a 64 last year and he was right back into the golf tournament and then um and then he kind of just like didn't really do much the rest of the week but we'll see He's coming off his second best finish of the season, albeit in a 70-man field. He drove it extremely well, hitting over 73% of fairways. That is really good when you combine distance. Also ranking 10th in stroke same putting last week. So he drove the ball really well. He rolled it really well. He had a couple dodgy wedge shots. He had a couple dodgy iron shots. His long iron game is always really good. His, his wood game is obviously really good. We'll see if his wedges make the trip to Eastlake, but he's just really comfortable around this golf course. I think he's minus 120 for a top 10 or minus 110 for a top 10, so that might have to be something we jump on, but I don't see Rory going backwards on this leaderboard. I only see him going up, especially if he's able to go out there and shoot 64 in the open round, which he's coming off a golf tournament where he went out and shot eight under in the first round. I'll be at a different course, but he loves Eastlake. I think he's really comfortable around this place. And I'm just excited to see if he can make a run. It's going to be awesome. But that's it, guys. That's the show for the week. Um, next week on the show, we're going to be able to recap the Tour Championship, talk about all that. Actually, before we get out of here, um, I wanted to go over the... Do, 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 do I have it somewhere? I don't know if I kept it up. I'm going to look it up real quick. Um I'm going to go over the payouts real quick for the tour championship because it's a ridiculous amount of money. Let's see here. So this is last year. This is when DJ won, but I still think it's around the same thing. So the winner obviously gets $15 million. Second place gets, I believe, five and a half. I know there was a tie for second last year, so they each got um, $4.5 million, four, three. Fifth, 2.5. Colin Morikawa came in sixth last year. He won 1.9. Terrell Hatton won 1.3. And then there was a three-way tie for eighth, so you have to split that up. I still think they eighth still is in a $1 million range. It's a ridiculous amount of money. Just getting to the Tour Championship, coming in 30th, dead last at the Tour Championship, you win $395,000, which would be, what, like fourth place or third place at a regular Tour stop? It's an insane amount of money. 
But that's it, guys. That's what we got for the show this week. Um, follow the Instagram at Twilight Nine Pod. Follow my uh, personal Instagram at Riley Hamill underscore. Um, be on the lookout. I might the betting article is going to go up on twilightnine.com this week. Once I have an update about where everything is going to go after that, including like the new podcast page, maybe I might make an Instagram post. Or if it's not till next week, I'll just announce it on the show next week. But keep an eye out for the updates. Um, share the show around with anybody in your life that loves golf. Uh, the show is about to go up. And thank you to everybody out there that's been listening to it from the beginning. Again, this is episode 55. Been doing it for over a year, but we are about to be able to make some really, really cool stuff. Travel around the country a little bit, podcast on the road. I'm just very excited about it. It's going to be fucking awesome. So thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you guys next week. What is going on, guys? This week on Twilight 9, we talk about Patrick Cantlay's BMW championship win over Bryson DeChambeau. Took six playoff holes, but he finally got it done for his fifth PGA Tour win. We preview this week's Tour Championship, where the winner will be taking home $15 million, and we cover a bunch more. Lincoln Bottle, listen to the show.